You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Mic check. God dang it. This is no joke. Again, here we go. Trying to do eight things at one time. Spilled a cup of coffee right on my crotch. Luckily, it was pseudo warm and not scalding hot. But we got a good episode today. And the good thing about this episode is that we have what I feel is a good discussion about politics. Unfortunately, the topic is a little bit about politics. And... I have always tried to stay away from the politics side of things on this show. But what I'm what I'm finding out is that eventually it needs to get talked about. And and so on this episode, we talk with Kevin Robinson. He is a board member of the Montana Bow Hunters Association and we get into a little bit of the politics behind how some of the rules and regulations are made, not only in his state of Montana, but in my state uh, here in Iowa. And some of this is is going to sound familiar because I just had this conversation about Iowa on a, on a previous podcast. Uh, so we talk about how bills are introduced, um, who is introducing them, also... You know, just uh, it it's it gets it gets very muddy for a lot of people because here we have your everyday life, and here's what I'm gonna say is my everyday life: gas prices, grocery bills, electrical bills, right, interest rates, my mortgage, right, things that I have to pay for every single day. That if I don't pay for, right, then I I can't I can't eat. I can't feed my kids, I can't live in a house, I can't drive a vehicle, so forth and so on, right? And so it's unfortunate, you know, that that I have to look at, you know, from the, the broad stroke of my life, I have to look at hunting as an extra activity, right? It's extra. It's something that I'm blessed to be able to do. It sucks 
that it's it it's kind of lower on the totem pole in the priorities of my life. I make it a priority because I have the ability to do everything that I've already mentioned. I can pay my bills. I can, you know, get gas in my car. I can afford to feed my family. I can live in a good house. I can put my kids into schools. I can, you know, afford to put them in football and baseball and dance and things like that. And, and so there, there needs to be another conversation. And this is a little housekeeping that I want to talk with people about. And I, I, I made it a point to put this on an Instagram story. And here's what I'm looking to do. I'm, I'm looking to elaborate on today's conversation with Kevin with a huge swath of people. And what I mean by that is not just a ton of people. I mean, I want to have a conversation with women who hunt and, and how hunting plays a role in their life as a woman and how they vote against all the other, you know, how, how, how conservation, the outdoors, fish and wildlife impact their life and how they vote based off of that. Uh, I want to talk with blacks and minorities. I want to talk with gay people. I want to talk with straight people. I want to talk with uh, rich people. I want to talk with poor people. I want to talk with people who own land. I want to talk with people who only hunt public I or yeah public I want to talk with the working man I want to talk to as many people of all walks of life as humanly possible to see how they vote and how uh, fish wildlife hunting the outdoors um, impacts how they vote and so I feel like it's a it's a topic that needs to be addressed and maybe and just like all my all my episodes, dude, I shoot from the hip. I don't ever write anything down. I don't plan anything out. And so I'm going to put a little planning and preparation into, into these topics. And hopefully the outcome is an insight into how people think, how people vote. Uh, and then maybe out of that comes not necessarily the answer to a problem, but a direction or a source of unity, if that makes sense. Like, hey, I'm different than this person, but we have hunting in common. So how can we use that, 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 that we have hunting in common as a source to identify a problem and solve it? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It could fail. It could fail miserably. You guys could hate it. You guys could cancel me, and then uh, my my sponsors would drop me, and then I have to start all over doing something different. But uh, but I, I got to do it. I gotta I gotta I gotta talk with more people, and so that's the goal. So if you are one of the people that I that I mentioned, I want to talk to you. Please reach out to me. I don't plan on using any names. I just want to talk with. A person who I guess is under a label of what I've mentioned and then I want to I want to interview them to see how they vote and how uh, fish wildlife and uh, and conservation and hunting impacts impacts their life and how they vote uh, so that's just kind of uh, that's kind of going to be extra on top of what this podcast is today and I don't mean to take away from this podcast because it is a really good conversation uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it um, 
But before we get into today's episode, I, I just want to send a huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download this, to listen to it, to be part of the Nine Finger community, man. I, I, I get messages on Instagram and Facebook and go wild every single day, and I try my hardest to respond to all of them. I, I appreciate you. Uh, it's because of people like you that I get to live out my dream up here in this loft above my garage talking about hunting, fishing, and the outdoors. And so uh, thank you for that. Huge shout out to Tethered. If you're looking for a saddle, please uh, go check out Tethered. Uh, these guys have a huge lineup of saddles, saddle hunting accessories, uh, saddle platform, saddle hunting platforms, climbing sticks, uh, and these guys are number one for a reason. So if you want to learn, uh, be part of this this tethered community and how to be a better uh, saddle hunter, go check out tetherednation.com. Wasp archery, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> I mean, I, I, in my opinion, has a lot to do with the confidence level that I feel. You know, I've never had a, I've never had a wasp uh, broadhead ever not deploy you know everything it hits it destroys uh, and I am a I'm a huge fan especially on those marginal shots they just cause a ton of damage and deer just don't walk away from that and so uh, if you want in my opinion some of the best broadheads with the best design made from the best materials you got to go check out wasp and that's wasparchery.com and I do have a discount code NFC two zero and um that should get you 20 percent off on all of your wasp orders go by today uh, next on the list vortex optics again a company full of great people uh, a company that uh, has one goal in mind and that's to put out the best optics and and treat you like the customer that you deserve to be treated and that means that if you have a question or a concern or a problem, their goal is to fix it because they want lifelong customers. So when it's time for them to buy a new optic or expand into, you know, go from a binocular into a spotting scope, into a rifle scope, into a rangefinder, they want that business. And the way you do that is to treat your, your end user and your customer with the, the most respect possible and answer their problems and give them exactly what they pay for, if not more. They go above and beyond. So my opinion, Vortex is the gold standard, especially in the outdoors. Vortexoptics.com, go check them out. Last but not least, Hunt Stand. If you are looking for uh, a hunting app that allows you to journal and, and document everything that you see in the woods, rubs, scrapes, where you put your tree stands, the ability to look at uh, you know topography, the ability to look at um, satellite imagery, the ability to put together a plan the ability to uh you know organize trail cam data the ability to look at rut dates the ability to forecast weather the ability to forecast deer movement uh, this is hunt stand and so if you want to find out more information about hunt stand and all the features that this app has all the functionality that it has including the pro whitetail platform that is currently out you need to go check out huntstand.com and read up, read up, read up, read up. All right, so that is 10 minutes of me talking so far. And uh, I really do appreciate all of you. It, it is truly all about good vibes. So good vibes in, good vibes out. I'm going to talk you at the end uh, and enjoy this episode. 
three, two, one. All right, from the Montana Bow Hunters Association, a board member, Mr. Kevin Robinson. Kevin, how we doing, man? Good. Good. Cold day, 40 degrees, and it's going to rain today. So whereabouts in Montana do you live? I live in Missoula. It's a western, far western part of the state. Okay. You know, we're, we're an hour from Idaho. Um, we're in the mountains. Montana's a big state, but, but where I live is uh, – pretty pretty mountainous missoula is a college town you know you 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 have um so picture what that looks like yeah yeah (laughs) a college town in the mountains right okay gotcha all right now let's see here um you mentioned before we started recording that you shot a really big buck Ah. big buck this year whitetail mule deer whitetail whitetail where at right here in missoula in missoula okay and what's a big what's a big Montana uh, whitetail look like? And man, man, a, a a big one to me. I mean, I've just shifted what I feel is a is a trophy. I guess yeah. you know me like I'm I'm an age class guy now, yeah. and I've been for ten years, but it's hard to do that unless you know what you're doing or know what you're looking at. So mm. so. I, here, if I'm ha- I'm happy like a mature a five and a half year old deer or a four and a half year old deer that's that's a hundred and forty inch deer you know, yeah. um, this particular buck is a it was I aged him sent his teeth I always send the, the the deer's teeth into deer age and he was uh, five and a half okay and he um, he grossed one sixty nine ooh oh yeah you guys got him you guys got well, him it's it, it's a huge state you yeah. know and what i've learned and especially being a part of montana bowhunter association is like there there are dudes killing critters across this state you never hear, hear about yeah right right like there's there's booners there's booners getting killed with bows and and elk big bulls and big mule deer and and you don't hear about it. no but but I'm I'm a blabbermouth dude. Like I can't. You know, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not I'm not bragging. It's just like it's it's just cool. Well, it's it, and it's buck. it's your passion, right? So of course, yeah. you're gonna like. Man, I would probably if I shot uh, a Boone and Crockett deer. Even I live in Iowa, so even though I live in Iowa, I if I shot a Booner, I would probably just go in a like waiting in line at the grocery store, tap on the shoulder uh, of the person in front of me, and just be like. Just want to let you know, I shot a giant buck this year. Uh, oh, dude, dude I, I'm a production, so I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I killed this thing in November, and and I had it riding around in my truck for three months before I went to the back. <laughs> and, and, and hey, uh, you guys, uh, you know, everybody hunts out here, right? Right. Uh, you guys, uh, you like hunting? You like white tail? Yep. Like, Come here. Yeah, uh, check this uh, out. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I, I, I the, the thing's big. It's hard, you know. I grew up in Illinois, yep. so so I I know what big bucks look like, and and I never had an opportunity to hunt them there, okay. um, just because I I flailed around. But but um, I go back there the last few years to, to hunt, and and um, it's just a different it's a different animal out here, man. It's yeah. they can they can be big, but just like anywhere else, they need an age class, they need good genetics, and and they they have to have a good winner here. You yeah. know, this, this, this particular deer and we, and we can, I don't need to keep talking about this one, but this particular deer last year, I didn't even reckon I, I run the tr- run trail cameras and stuff. It's private land. Yep. 
Ape moron could have killed this deer. I'm telling you. I, I just got lucky because I have a relationship with a landowner that I've had for over 20 years, and I'm the only guy hunting it. So, so awesome. I'm not, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything special. But um, last year he he was like a 130 class five by five. So that's how much. So we had a mellow winter. Winters the weather out here is really crucial to these things. So so a mellow winter in a great wet spring with mild temperatures so you got growth when mm-hmm. they're they need it the most right yep. with a shed just yep. no body fat and then in a, a nice mellow summer a cooler summer and then uh next thing you know you got a booner walking around that you didn't know existed that easy right and and, and you know he, next, this year if he was still alive he could have hit by a car right he got he got poached he could have got a, a tine in his lungs like there's just so to it we you've talked about this on your podcast and it's 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 a thing that um some folks know but like what we we're seeing on youtube and on the hunting shows man that's hard to replicate yeah, the right. big the farms the big ranches with the with the food plots and all that stuff it, it to get those deer even those deer past five and a half six it's it's hard to do right it's hard so so i recognize that out here and i've got a pretty good pretty good situation i was after a different deer for the last three years that he disappeared um he's a six and a half year old but but i saw him right around the time i was hunting this this buck i'd switched because this buck i was after yeah he 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 runs somewhere else so i was actually kind of focusing on this deer i knew about the big one that i killed but i wasn't focusing on him i was focused on a different deer and, and he's gone yeah and he was in the same spot and didn't pick him up this winter and so he's dead somewhere. I mean, I can almost guarantee it. He's oh. lying on the mountain somewhere, or he's lying in someone's basement on yeah. the wall. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> no all right. Gonna... So I have to. I have this vision in my head yeah. of the terrain that you're like. Are you hunting river bottom ground with all these cottonwoods, uh, like the the typical Western style whitetail environment with the mountains in the backgrounds, pivots or yeah. or egg in the yeah. bottom? not this particular spot okay i, I do my some of my other areas I, I hunt but this spot is is missoula as a, as a flat valley and then and then as it as the as the valley floor rises up it it it's like um kind of grassy open hillsides up into the timber mountains yep. right and so these these bucks so i hunt um a, a, a ranch that that's at the base of this mountains okay and it's all open there's a couple draws and with trees in it. And, and that's, it, it's great. Cause you see a lot of action, Yeah, but to, to get a buck, a mature buck to come by the, one of those trees you're in, it's, it's harder than you think. It's harder right. than most guys. I mean, my friends that know I hunt it, I mean, I hunt it forever. So like, if you see me with a, with a buck nine times out of 10, it, it's come off this place, but, right. but it's still bow hunting, yeah. you know? And especially if you got a stick bow in your hand, you, you're going to have to get, for me i gotta get 15 yards from the damn thing yeah so it's it's uh it's it's awesome and it's it's a testament to like landowner relationships Mm -hmm. because um like i said any dipshit could kill this buck i I mean you know i i it's it's on the edge of a neighborhood or the town starts right so i'm i'm very cautious on where i hunt i respect the landowners they don't care yeah, I could sit on the fence line if I wanted to, but I don't want a deer running around with an arrow in his ass. Right. You know, like right. I don't want to have to deal with any controversy, you know, like, like, you know, I, I'm, it's like you hear these stories of these guys shooting these giant, giant bucks, like 
that are have everybody knows Bill. The 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 deer's got a name, right. you know, and and you he lives on the edge of the 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 neighborhoods and stuff. These urban deer. And yep. People kill them. It's like I'm a I'm almost afraid to kill a if if it, if I were to have the opportunity to kill something like world class. Yeah. Because it's like. Well, I saw Joe in my yard yesterday. Where did you kill? You know, I don't want. Right. And, and like, I am just like, I show everybody everything. I'm like, dude, I just, I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, your buddy Todd Pregnant's rest in peace. Right. Right. Like he would freak out. Right. Dude, oh, I am. Dude, I freak when I kill those <laughs> things. Dude, I freak out when I pick up sheds. I'm like a freaking little kid, dude. Um and that's where I started watching you for the first time was like uh, that white knuckle web show. Oh, okay. That's a long, that's a blast from the past. Oh, oh, I watch him again every run. Right. I, that's all I watch. The old shit. I yeah. watch Todd freak out. I'm like, Oh God. You know, I show my wife, look at this guy freaking out over this. Dude. She's like, well, yeah, that, that's you. That's you dude. So yeah. yeah. Oh man. Those were the days. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so not only did you shoot a 169 inch buck, you shot him in Montana and you shot him with a stick bow, right? Yeah. I don't put too emphasis, em, too much emphasis on the stick bow part. Um, cause I, I, I shoot a compound as well. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've kind of fully switched over just to hunting with my stick bow, but there's a, there's a, there's a time and place for all those weapons, man. Like, um, and, and that leads into the crossbow thing. Yeah. Um, before wait a second wait a second before well, you, before you get in there though i have to yeah. say if i'm <laughs> if i'm gonna look at two guys and they shot okay one guy he used a compound like a, a your 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 normal everyday flagship compound bow versus a guy that shot a a, a buck with a a stick bow it is more badass to kill a deer with a stick bow than it is with a compound. I'm just saying. I agree. I'm just saying. I, I agree. I agree. But but if you if you put emphasis on that stuff, then you get a little bit. You get this little divide that happens, right? Eh. Like oh, I'm, I'm better. <laughs> I, know, I know. I don't feel that way. But guys do. They right. get, They get all oh, bow guys are out there fucking splitting arrows and everything and running. <laughs> And the comp, and then the the stickbow guys like, oh, these guys can't. They have no woodsmanship, you know. It just right. creates this. But I'm a, I get it. Right. Like, like um, it's a, it's like uh, um, you know, you got to put yourself in the spot. I, I right. guarantee you, Dan. You said I'm I'm gonna. You got and here's what you got to do if you want ever want to do it. You got to sell your compound. Right. You just got to get out of the game. You pick up a recurve or a stickbow and you just shoot your ass off like you probably already do with your compound. Right. You get. Perf- at 15 to 20 yards and you all of your stands locations or blinds or whatever you have to put them in a spot that's conducive to success with a stick bow right you know all my stands on this spot that i've hunted for years i lowered them or just moved them into different trees like cedar tree with cover i'm eight feet off the ground you know this buck i killed i was in a saddle um in a tree stand on a crooked tree about eight feet off the ground, but eye level with a deer walking on the hillside, about eight feet from it. Okay. You know, like I'm like I'm like one shot am like ambush. Like you have to do it that way. If you listen to any of those old school um, or new school uh, trad guys, the deer hunters, they they're close, man. The yeah. Wenzel brothers, like those stands are eight feet. They're not. It's not because they're afraid of heights. It's because the shot angles. Um, you want them close. 
you know, you're shooting pretty quiet equipment. So like, you're not all, I don't know. It's, it's a cool, it's been a great experience these last few years, really concentrating on the, on trad gear because it's, it's way, they're way more fun to shoot. Right. Right. I mean, right. I mean even when I've had compounds my whole life and stick bows, recurves, long bows, I really get enjoyment out of shooting trad gear. It's, yeah. it's really fun. I, I uh, and, and they're just sexy, you know, oh, dude. I get it. I have like 25 bows. I, I, every time I got a compound I, and I had to get a new one, it was because like the, the limb cracked or it got stolen. I never was like, Ooh, a new right. freaking, uh, yeah. cause that's not what killing the animals, right. man. It's like your skill set is right. Uh, but, right. but it's, it's like, um, you know, it, it's, you'd got to put and it's funny to me to see some of these, um, successful guys, especially in Iowa that have these big farms, like, like juries and, and uh lee and tiffany and, and these folks i love i watch all that shit i love yeah. it. i love deer and but but like you you got to this level you don't want to like put the compound down and like just step it up you know like right. put it down and practice and like get to the get to the next level like a 200 inch deer with a stick bow dude yeah nobody's doing that right like they got it's, bills it's, to pay <laughs> yeah, right. they got well, bodies know, to stack right that's true yeah. and 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 um uh sponsorships and all yeah. that stuff yep. but i get it i i get it i fully understand you know right. you guys have to make money not you guys but you know your yeah. podcast you do yep. you have sponsors i'm part of that, that are, and they work but you you couldn't do it without it so you, no. there's a there comes to a point where you have to you gotta make money i'm a business owner dude i, I mean i gotta make money yeah i mean absolutely you you, you have a bottom line and and if we want to hunt and and do what we want to do um i guided for a long time i decided that it wasn't for me i'd rather hunt on my free time and not have to deal with that so uh, hunting industry is not for me i know that um but i'd gladly blab about a big buck on podcasts heck yeah i love talking about it so I, i'm looking at the back of your truck and i see is that a welder's helmet mm-hmm. is that what you yep. do for a living um so I own a business that, um, do you know what helical piers are? Uh, no. They're big steel screws. You screw them in the ground and you use them instead of concrete footings. Okay. All right. Makes sense. So I, I own a business that, that does that. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so I, there's some welding involved and you know, it's, it's great having my own business. I have free time. I take, you know, two weeks off and go to Illinois in the fall. I take two weeks off and hunt the elk rut in September here. I mean, it, it gives me tons of freedom but it you know as you know running yep. your own show you gotta hustle there's yep. no paycheck coming every week or every month that you gotta hustle but but it's great i i i'm fortunate enough to you know have a lot of work and um can can still make time for family and and hunting and stuff yeah absolutely absolutely so the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You are a board member of the Montana Bowhunters Association. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what the Montana Bow Hunters Association is all about. Yeah, so 
so NBA was formed in the early seventies and, and basically back then it was like a, a, a handful of hardcore guys that wanted bow hunting seasons here in the state. There weren't any. Okay. Or, and they wanted to expand what, what we could do. Right. Meaning we want to bow hunt sheep, goats, moose, all that stuff. So, so fast forward to today, we, we educate, we try to promote archery in the schools. We try to, um, we have a couple events we do every year, fundraising events, uh, bow fishing tournament, stuff like that. But, but it's, it seems like in recent decade, I guess, um, we are kind of a watchdog group for our rights as bow hunters and archers. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so meaning at the Capitol in Helena here, the capital of our state, there's always bills that are introduced that are some good, some bad, like, like, like politics is in general. Mm -hmm. And so we keep an eye on all that stuff. Um, and we make sure that we try to keep our seasons intact and Mm -hmm. long. We've got a great system here and, but there's more and more people moving here. There's just more and more people in the world. I don't know what, I I mean, why people aren't talking about that. Like that's our problem with, everything yeah. like there's too many people yeah. i mean not to get on the abortion kick but we need less people man like yeah i don't know if you just start murdering people but <laughs> but back back to back to politics it's like you get you get a lot of people i mean montana used to have i moved here i moved here from illinois montana had eight hundred thousand people right now now we're just over a million but it's such a big state that all those folks are in the, the urban areas, right? Yeah. So you're starting to see some politics that are pushing towards not what they used to be, what, right. whatever that means. Right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so back to NBA, we, the most important thing we do, I feel is keep archery and bow hunting in Montana in, in an intact seasons that are, you know, there's no alternative weapons in there. So so we basically have a five-week archery season that starts the first Saturday in September. It goes for five weeks, uninterrupted. And there's a week, a cl- closed week in October. And then the rifle season starts, general season. And that goes for another five weeks. All the way until to usually December 1st or the last, last weekend in November. And so we got it pretty good. We got mule deer, elk, whitetails, bear, turkey, mountain lions, moose, sheep, goat. You know, we've got we've got a ton of opportunities, and and it's because the NBA early on pushed on that stuff. Right. We, we developed a relationship with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and said, "Hey, bows are actually effective. You know, they're not just a little toy." Because back in the day, you had to convince everybody that they were effective, mm-hmm. and now it's like now they're too effective. Right. right. Now it's like, oh shit. You know, we were managing game with the rifle seasons and, and bow archery was just kind of an opportunity thing. Oh, you get out and you get maybe get lucky. But now we're effective, you yeah. know, and, and that's across the board, across the country. Like people not only it's it's not just equipment. It's like we're we're after it. You know, the guys you have on your podcast is like, I don't care where you live. These guys from Michigan that hunt little bucks. Mm-hmm. We're rabid, you know, yeah. like we want. So you just have. um Equipment, uh, technology, Onyx, hunt apps, you know, draw odds. People want to get out. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of sitting in Iowa. I want to go elk hunting or I want to go mule deer hunt. So yeah. you just, 
you just, we're just effective, man. And so with that comes these um, politicians that, that sponsor bills limiting or extending or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So my MA tries to stick with archery and hunting issues. Okay. Um, and there's land issues, um, public land access issues and stuff that, that we're on board with. But sometimes, you know, we, we, we kind of let the other organizations like backcountry hunters and anglers um, and wildlife federation, like kind of keep, keep their hands into that because that's what they're good at. You know, it's like elk foundation, you know, they stick to elk habitat and, and elk, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not doing like, you know, you know, public land access or archery stuff, even though they might agree. It's just these organizations. That's why there's so many of them because they kind of got to focus on, on, on certain certain areas, on their niche you know? how much crossover is there then between like you and, and <laughs> uh and like the rocky mountain elk foundation and some of the other big hitters out west what do you mean with memberships no just like the orgs working together oh oh it's it's um during this time of year it's big yeah it's big yeah it's um you know we because the crossbow thing especially it's it's um there's a few other organizations that have helped us out right we don't have lobbyists in helena we've got we've got um but we're all volunteers and not it's a nonprofit. it's all volunteers and it's a compliment to us i feel that when the sponsor of this particular bill we'll talk about keeps blabbing about how we we have these paid lobbyists in helena it's great because we're not we're volunteers we're passionate about it right, right? so him saying that, oh, they got the advantage because they the Montana Bowen Association sends these paid lobbyists to Helena to fight this. Well, we're not paid, man. We all have jobs. We're just taking time off to do this because we think it's bad, right? Yeah. Um, so, so with the crossover stuff, we we do work with um, BHA and, and a few other groups, but we try to stick to the stuff that matters because we've got a pretty broad membership, like we were talking before we started. Where you know bow hunters are poor, they're rich, they're doctors, they're construction workers, they're homeless. I don't know. It's like we. It's just a such a. We're Democrats. We're Republicans. We're Independents. We're just bow hunters, right? Right. So it's hard to. You don't really want to dabble in politics too much until this stuff happens in Helena, where we have to. It's literally picking sides because, you know, if. And we'll talk about this, but like just the process of of uh, when a bill hits hits the Capitol, there's sides to it, right? There's you have a you, we all have two parties. That's the problem here. There's Democrats and Republicans, and the Democrats tend to all vote the same, and the Republicans all tend to vote the same. And and um, sometimes they they feel the same way about an issue, right? But when you have a bad bill that comes, a potentially bad bill, or a bill pops up and it's sponsored by a Democrat. There's some skepticism from Republicans um, when making decisions on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I don't know here. Let's hash this. Well, you know, it's just like a team thing. And, and I can't imagine what it's like at, in DC, you know, the backstabbing that goes on the trading boat. I mean, we hear a little bit about it, but I'm sure it is gnarly. Yeah. I don't want any part of politics. Yeah. But, in Montana, we have normal folks that go there every two years that are senators and, and legislators and reps, I mean, and they they are 
volunteering essentially they get paid a little bit but they're they leave in their families they're living in helena for the week my my good friend nate was there a few years back he was a um a rep and then a senator and and it's a lot it's taxing man yeah um so you um you get normal folks so so you can call them like there's this committee who's going to see this bill you can literally call bob and be like hey bob I really want you to think about this and I'd like you to vote no on this crossbow thing. And then here's why. And, and then you have a, like, a conversation, you know, right. you, you think you're going to be able to call your, your, um, your Senator that goes to DC. It's not happening. No, you, you're leaving a voicemail or an email and it may never even get read and someone else reads it if, if it does. So on a state level, I'm sure Iowa's the same. I'm sure all of the States are same, man. These folks are just, it's basically a volunteer position. Um, motives are different right right you can you can kind of get some notoriety and get a job afterwards or you can you know but i i i hate to think of it that way but all the folks i've talked to personally in regards to the nba and the bills that we try to promote or oppose they're awesome they're just normal folks and they just need to be educated or they're going to vote with their constituents right. or sorry their 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 party members you know let's talk let's let's talk about how a bill gets brought to the table. Yeah. Um, and, and and so I think what we're ultimately going to talk about here is this crossbow bill um, yeah. because the crossbow bill has been uh, brought to Iowa several times. We want, we want crossbows to be introduced into the archery season and myself and the Iowa bow hunters association, we oppose that. Okay. We do not, we do not like that. And it sounds to me like that same thing is happening in Montana. Yes. Yes. Um, well, keep in mind, like I said, I broke it down to two seasons. There's, there's basically two seasons. There's some pre-season and and post-season stuff, but two five-week seasons, a five-week bow season, a five-week rifle season. We are not opposed to crossbows. We meaning Montana bow hunters and most, most archery hunters in Montana. Right. Because you can use them during rifle season. Yep. You know, on private land, public land, wherever. So you have five weeks to use them. You can use them all winter long, uh, hunting mountain lions. You can use them for spring bear. You can use them for spring turkey. You know, so so it's just that five-week season we're trying to preserve. Um, what was your question? Well, no, it was just, it was the similarities in, in these bills, you're trying oh. to, pre, pre, you know, you're trying oh, to preserve yeah. the archery season uh, yeah. to just archery equipment, not crossbows. And we're doing the same thing. You know, we, we yeah. dealt with the same thing in Iowa. Now the question, yeah. the question though, is how does, how do these bills get brought to the table? Cause, oh, gotcha. and the reason I'm asking this, I'm asking with a caveat of, we need to educate these people. So somebody yeah. is coming to the politicians and saying, yes. we want you to do a bill that's, or, you know, to write a bill that says, Hey, we want crossbows during the archery season. Yep. These people are yep. uneducated, probably by themselves yep. should not be doing this, uh, but they are. And so right. how, how is this happening? Well, as far as Montana is concerned, um, it, the 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 process is like that. Say say Dan Johnson wants crossbows in Montana, so he's gonna f- approach a legislator um, and say, "Hey, um, he, maybe you have a relationship with him. Hey, um, 
I, I want a crossbow for disabled, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so this this bill, I want to clarify. This particular bill is for cr- crossbows for for disabled hunters. Okay. So it's, for from the layman, you know, the the person who doesn't know, oh, yeah, someone who's you know physically unable to draw a bow should right. be able to use a crossbow. And we have we have something like that in Iowa where, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a doctor's note, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely use a crossbow. Yep. Is there is there an asterisk next to this? Yes, but let me let me let me get to the process because okay. it's important in this particular case. Okay. So this is the the last session in 2021, winter 2021 during COVID, it was a mess. Um, the same senator sponsored the same bill okay a little bit different different fine print but this guy i'll say his name eventually he he it's his bill like no one approached him right unless there's crossbow industry in the background that we don't know about he has a hair up his ass to push crossbows because he's old he can't draw his bow anymore so he says and he wants to hunt with a crossbow. So what he does, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I don't want to, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying not to harsh on this guy as much as he deserves. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain the process first. So, so the Senator pr- introduces a bill. <clears throat> He'll go around and get support for it. Educate. This is for veterans. This is for disabled hunters. This is for people who have never experienced the, flight of the arrow you know like whatever bullshit he comes up with to get to get his bill now i'm focusing on this bill because it's it's sponsored by him he his intentions are selfish he doesn't care about the veterans he's sure using them to get what he wants but um he's he's um he's kind of manipulating people to get what he wants so he's disliked in the capital as well by both parties because he's a huge pain in the ass and he's a backstabber but the process is this bill is sponsored. He, it's going to be seen in because he's a senator. The Senate. I'll, I'll just go through the whole process of how this bill has gone through because it's it's confusing, and I've been doing this for just a short time, and so my verbiage isn't isn't always accurate. But um, it's it's seen in a committee. <clears throat> in this case, it was the Senate Fish and Game Committee. So you have. And this is what NBA does. Okay, members, the bill is going to be seen in this fishing game committee on February 4th. We want everyone that opposes to go go to Helena if you can or Zoom and tell them, tell them your, your opposition to it. Whatever. So you have a hearing. It's really intimidating. You go in a room with a bunch of senators up high, higher than you, you know, and there's a chairman. And you have to use your words properly and, and address everyone properly. And it's not a conversation that we're having. Right. It's a it's a real like intimidating process for a dipshit like me who's like a construction worker, right? So I, I'm just like so 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 basically you you say I'm opposed to it, you have the opposition comes up, you have the proponents come up, and then you have the senator that has the last word, right? He can say anything he wants. He can say, Oh, the opponents, that's wrong information. Those statistics are wrong. Illinois has a great crossbow season. It's got so many people in the, you know, he, so he has the final word. So I'm going to go ahead and just stick on this topic of this bill and how this has gone through. So if it passes that committee, then it goes to the Senate floor. 
where then you have all the senators. These committees are only twelve people. Yeah. When you're when you when you're over there, you're in a couple committees, and there's you vote on all kinds of different issues, health and human services. There's there's finance. There's all kinds of stuff. But this is a fish. This is a fish and game topics, right? So that's why it was seen there. So we reach out to all those senators personally, like, hey, this is a bad deal. What's your vibe on it? What do you how do you think you're going to vote? So they so we 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 got them all to vote ten to two tabled, which means the bills killed. Yep. Essentially, not not killed, but temporarily killed. Well, the senator reaches out to a senator that was for him, that voted yes, the two in, in this case, and says, hey, w- let's make some amendments and bring it back on the table, and then we'll vote again. We'll change it a little bit. So the original, so so it was untabled. They voted to untable it because it had these amendments that made it a little better. But it still had, like, a scope you know, a uh, four power scope on it, um, a cap, they put a cap on it, which was good, but there's more than 400 people that would qualify for a crossbow permit in Montana. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why they, one of the senators was smart enough to say, let's put a cap on this because there's, you know, I'm in the construction world, dude, every job site's got a dude with a bad arm or shoulder mm-hmm. and, and what's keeping him from going to the, to a doctor and being like, Hey, my, my shoulder's bum. Right. And in, in, in this case, the senators, I think he's in the same boat. I don't know what he's feeling, but I think he's just got a bum arm and doesn't want to draw a 40 pound bow. You know, he wants to crossbow. So, so anyways, <clears throat> so then it was put back on the table. We did our best. It was voted. Yes. They sent the bill out. So then it goes to the floor, Senate floor. It was voted 28 to 22 in favor of it. So it passed again. Then there was, um, they, they changed it. So let me read this. Cause I've got some notes from Stephanie Prater. Who's our board member. She's, we got, I got, we call them the seal team six, right? There's like a few folks that are in Helena and they, they go to these things and they're just on it. I can't personally go there because I'm a spaz and I would probably get kicked out of there for choking a dude. So I can't go there, <laughs> but luckily we have intelligent uh, well-spoken folks that can go there and keep a cool head and talk to these people. Cause like I said, they're just normal folks. They don't want to be yelled at for something that, you know, they're just trying to get information about. Right. So you, you got to keep a cool head in this whole process. Right. Uh, so, so then, so basically when it was heard on the floor, they referred it to a finance and claims committee because it had a fiscal note that included the need for a full-time employee to admin- administer the permits. Right. So, fish and game department would have to hire another person to administer. Cause it's another, it's a new weapon, right? It's a new weapon. And so that you need to somehow, well, not, not just a new weapon, but a, a, a new It's like a new method. So, right. it's so a, a, oh, another management strategy has to be put in right. place for it. So, yeah. so to weed through the people who get the permit from a doctor, there's gotta be someone hired. So there's money involved. So they gotta, so they had some, they had some, uh, budget, Stuff added to it in, in Molnar, he didn't he didn't want to sign it. The 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 senator, Brad Molnar, is the sponsor of the bill. He didn't want to sign it because he didn't like it. So it was uh it was tabled again, nineteen to zero. So they tabled it in that finance committee. So then <laughs> it's crazy. So here here it is. So so Molnar refused to sign the fiscal note and the committee voted to table it meaning 
it's it's done for now. We heard he was going to blast it on the floor, which meant it went back to the original form. No caps, non-residents, and scopes would all be part of its blast to strip the amendment. So they can blast it onto the floor out of a committee, meaning you can bypass those committees and you just blast it right onto the floor, right? So just when you think you've you've done enough work contacting the senators and like, hey, okay, we're all on the same page. This is a bad thing. Boom. That that senator can blast that bill onto the floor. All right. And then it gets... One second here. And... <laughs> so the original one got amended and we got shut down. Then it was amended. Then it was brought mm-hmm. back. It made it through yep. a couple, uh, you know, levels of voting. It was tabled by a different committee. And mm-hmm. then it was reintroduced as the yes. original as the original bill before amendments and then was blasted, skipping all those steps yep. Yep. back to the, you said the Senate floor. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number one, how is that even legal to do? Because well, it's not, it's, just, it's not the same that's bill. Why, that's, that's why, you know, you know, politics 101 in high school or whatever, I was sleeping or whatever, or yeah. we, we just weren't talking. But that's the stuff you're supposed to learn in your history class or politics class or whatever you call it. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's tricky. I didn't know anything about, I've learned this as I went along. Like yep. he did it last time when it was a different bill for, in a different form, but you think you got it beat and you don't. So what, what the hopes are is that he reaches enough people that vote on it, that don't know anything about it, that are going to vote party line. Right. Right. That's this is my thinking here. And in this this conversation we're having, I don't represent NBA. I'm trying to explain what we do and how this bill has come to come to fruition. But I I am, you know, I can say some wild shit and I curse and I'm sometimes crass. So I I, I, I by no means am I representing the NBA, but I want I'm just trying to explain this to, to you. Right. Um so so then so then um Let's see. So it was, so then they untabled it. They voted to untable it and it went to, um, to the floor where it passed again. And so it passed the Senate floor 27 to 22. Right. Okay. As a, as a, as a different bill that made it that far in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Untabled. It was untabled. So the, the it, it went into the committee as one bill. It was tabled. It was yep. it was replaced, untabled the new bill. Yep. Yep. And then it was the introduced Senate floor. Senate floor and passed. They passed it. Okay. And then because there were some money issues in there, it was it was referred to another Senate committee. Yep. Which said we need to do this that and the other but the sponsor was like nope i don't want to i don't agree with that so he didn't sign it so then it was tabled again okay right so then it was untabled because he blasted it onto the floor okay right again and it passed the floor the senate floor okay. so finally passed the floor with amendments and then it then it goes to the House, right? So you introduce a bill, it goes to the Senate, passes the Senate, it goes to the House, passes the House, then it goes to the governor, and he stamps it, and it's a new bill. Right. So it went to the House Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Committee, the 
totally different committee than the Senate Fish and Game Committee, House Wildlife and Parks Committee, where it was tabled 13 to 6. Okay. Now, this is more recent in the last couple of weeks, so it's fresh in my mind, but I spoke to some of those folks and they were like, what's going on here is, um, or sorry, I didn't speak to some of those folks regarding what I'm about to say, but there's obviously folks that are opposed to it. There's folks that are for it. There's folks that are opposed to it, but are going to vote for it because there's vote trading going on. That's right. So you have a, a say, let's say another Democrat or another politician who's got another bill he's sponsoring. And Molnar approaches them. The Molnar is the, we'll call him the crossbow guy. The crossbow guy approaches them and says, hey, if you vote for my bill, I'll vote for your bill. Right? Mm-hmm. And so these these people will, because this guy is super confrontational, he's a pain in the ass, and they just want this done. Right? right. They've been over there for four months now, bouncing these bills back and forth, and they just want to be home to their families, which is coming soon. Right? Yeah. So it's all strategy, man. So... You get you get a group that, or sorry, you get you get um, some folks that are opposed to it, but they're like, yeah, it's fine. But those are the folks that we need to talk to as bow hunters, right? And just voice our opinions. And you might not even be affiliated with a a, a bow hunting organization or a group. Yeah. You're just a bow hunter that's concerned that this is a bad bill and and what it just needs to be either rewritten or just or just voted no on. So right now. So that that House Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Committee tabled it, mm-hmm. thir- 13 to 6. And now it's just sitting here right now. And we're, we're anticipating him to blast it onto the House floor, right? So in the meantime, and this is, this is all stuff that I've learned, which is important, is you, so you, your state's divided up into little districts. All those little districts have senators. You got to call your, your local senator. You know, I don't want to call my the senator in Billings because that's not where I live. So the, the four senators here in Missoula, I call them. Like, right. Hey, this is what's going on. I, I, I want to get a feel for what you, you, you think about it. And I, I am hoping you vote no on this. Yeah. And and this is when it hits the, the Senate floor. So you have, I don't know how many senators on the floor, but you want a majority to, to vote it, to say no and move on. Right. And what I tell all these senators is we got nothing against crossbows, man. And certainly nothing against disabled and veterans and stuff, but this bill, how it stands, is not is not fair, and it's going to open the. We don't want the foot in the door, right? You know, Illinois, my home state. I grew up there. I moved here when I was eighteen, um, so I've been here for I don't know, fucking fifty years. I don't know. Feels like a long time. They they they, they legalized crossbows for disabled back in like thirteen or something, right? Two thousand thirteen. And then what, what's the next bill that comes up? Well, we think the 55 and over should be able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, 55? Like, dude, I'm 46. I'm like, I'm not in my prime anymore, but I, I can kick some ass still, right? Yeah. Like, so you tell me, like, 55-year-old is, like, too weak to pull a bell back that can kill a deer? When you have, like, 12-year-old kids shooting deer with 30-pound like, so, So, anyways, so, oh, yeah, let them in. And then now it's like, okay, let's let everybody use a crossbow. Yeah. Now you can use a crossbow during any archery season in Illinois, and it's a freaking disaster. You hunt any public land where I grew up, it's a disaster. What makes They're it is there. what makes it a disaster? Well, you get you get you get folks in there that don't aren't hunters, or I shouldn't say that. The you can buy a crossbow off the shelf and dial it in like you're shooting a gun, right? Right. Easier. And you can misuse it. You can 
um, take long shots. Um, in particular, um, some of your listeners will probably know where this is. The, the Joliet Arsenal um, is an air, public land area that um, you got to shoot a, you got to pass a shooting test to get a card to hunt it. There's pretty good hunting in there, but it's, it's difficult. They, um, I gotta, I should pull it up. There's a note from the, from the biologist who works on that, that strip of public land. He put a note on all the fences that said like, um, it was basically saying he's sick of crossbow, these groups of crossbow hunters going in there and doing deer drives with crossbows and, and, and shooting deer with crossbows on, you know, finding him wounded all over and dead and stuff like that. So I'm not saying folks who shoot crossbows do that. It just opens the door for unskilled sportsmen that need to, to learn um, how to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I mean, Illinois, it seems they just want revenue anyway. So it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just want revenue. That's why they sell so many licenses. And, and that's why, you know, you can shoot two bucks and, it's it's gone downhill quite a bit from from it's always sucked for me because i've never been successful there but um you know unless you have a big farm in the part in certain parts of the state you're you're gonna struggle um i mean just look at you know just look at the bowhunting.com guys right um todd graf and and um what's his face you know they they struggle up there you know it's just like there's there's people everywhere it's not it's right next door to iowa why isn't it like iowa anymore well it's because iowa restricts weapons and they restrict hunter numbers especially non-resident hunter numbers Mm -hmm. so that's another topic but but what we don't want is a foot in the door for crossbows to get in there for a full um full inclusion into the season like wyoming has done yeah and wyoming wyoming regrets it how do they regret it? Because it's 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 one sent rifle hunters into the bow season, so the number of hunters is is through the roof. Um, same amount of hunters, the same amount of hunters. It's just they're taking advantage of multiple seasons. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like I don't know a single bow hunter that would choose to use a crossbow. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you have some issues with, you know, it's just a better weapon. It's more efficient. Okay. Imagine you got a stubble field, a wheat stubble field, and you got a bunch of antelope out there in the stubble, say not a stubble, but say it's knee high grass. Cock that crossbow with your four power scope, belly crawl out to within 80 yards of them things yeah. and lay down and shoot it. You're not going to belly crawl out there with a bow. I mean, to, to, to argue that it's just the same as a compound bow, and, and compound bows, guys can shoot far, but there's still a bunch of skill involved with that. And and I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth because there's a there's a fair amount of guys who have never been able to bow hunt. Um, and the crossbow is their only way, but I argue it's not a bow. I mean, it's its own weapon, right? right. It's not a rifle. It's not a bow. Um, it's just, we're just such pussies. Like we want a way out, man. Right. And, 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 and I, I, I say that and I'm not disabled. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think but what, I think what you're trying to say and, and correct me if I'm wrong here is that when giving someone 
the, when giving people the opportunity to take an easier route to, to an end goal, they're going to take it. And yes. I think, I, I don't want to quote this, right? So if you're listening to this and you hear these numbers come out of my mouth, do not, uh, don't, don't quote them because there's a, there's a very good chance that they are inaccurate in some way, shape or form. So Ohio introduced crossbows. Okay. And now I feel like I saw a, a statistic that said now 70 or 80% of all de- deer killed during archery season are with crossbows. Yeah. Okay. And it's not even close. Right. And so the compound, I mean, you give it to them. Now, I don't know if that, if the outcome of that is a higher lethality or a, a higher, um, kill rate, which would then impact quotas, which would then impact the deer herd and have impacts like that. So I think what, what people, you know, like, I think the, the, and this is my opinion, the message isn't that, Hey, crossbows are bad. The message is that the, the crossbow is more lethal and, and that it, it's more than just introducing a new weapon into a, a current season. There has to be scientific data that there has to be tests done. There has to be, can the, can the archery season withstand this, you know, this, this more efficient weapon uh, at the same time. Uh, and I'm speaking from Iowa now, crossbow hunters have their, their opportunity. They have, they can, they can use uh, in the, uh, in the primitive weapon seasons for muzzleloader. You can use mm-hmm. a, a late season. You can use a, a crossbow yeah. uh, to, to fill that tag. And so, yeah. and, if you're, I guess if you're considered a senior citizen, I, I'm not sure what the number is. I think it's 60. Uh, you can use a crossbow. If you have, if you're disabled, you can use a crossbow. If you have a doctor's excuse, like if I blew my shoulder out and I can't draw a bow back for a year while I'm rehabbing it, I can get a, I can get a permit from a doctor that says, Hey, listen, uh, this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know he's injured enough to where a crossbow might help him. Okay. And, and so, those there are opportunities out there for crossbow hunters. The issue that I have is, and and maybe this is what's happening in Montana, is that the people and the hunters of Iowa are not asking for a crossbow season, or uh, they're not asking for a crossbow to be introduced into the archery season. It is a lobbyist out of New York who is, or it's a business out of New York who are paying lobbyists to talk with these people here in Iowa. And that's how this, this law is being introduced. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is someone influencing, you know, maybe it's a lobbyist, maybe it's somebody else influencing this, this individual politician to say, okay, listen, we'll contribute, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll contribute to your campaign uh, if you try to get this bill passed for us. And so it seems to be a lot like that is the method because um, I believe there's other states, God, I want to say Oklahoma as well, where the same law is, they're trying to pass the same law uh, in in, in multiple states. A blueprint for it, and it just, they just shift states. Exactly. I I hope it's not the case here. We, I have never really, I'm, I'm trying to like uh, avoid thinking about that situation. Right. Um, um, I mean, the guy is the dirtbag, so it could potentially be the case. But um, um, another thing, too, you know, last time this came up two years ago in the first session, it was a different bill, um, SB 111. 
and and okay, kill. We killed it. Yep. Same thing though. Back and forth, table, re- uh, no, put back on the table. After that season closed or se- that session closed, that guy drew a special breaks permit, right? Missouri breaks, big bull elk over there. Yep. You know, kind of not a lifetime thing, but but you know, rare to get. Him and his buddies, they sued the FW Montana FWP to be able to use crossbows because they're disabled. Now. When you have a politician, the Montana that, Fish and Wildlife Department. Yeah, they sued him. He sued. He sued him. Okay. They lost. They lost, but they sued him, saying, "Hey, we're disabled. We deserve. It's our right to use crossbows because we're disabled." So tell me this: a politician who's who's who sponsors his own bill, and then says it says it's for the disabled hunters and the veterans and propping up veterans and wheelchairs in front of the, these committees and stuff. Yeah, and then. Those guys aren't there. He's suing so he can use it. It's not for it's not for them. Yeah. It's not for the vet. So so it's easy for folks to look at the NBA and be like, smear us because oh, they don't support veterans or disabled. Yeah. Well, fuck them. Well, the real deal is this guy could care less. And so what I've proposed to some of these senators I've spoke to about this is like, hey, this just needs to be sponsored by someone that doesn't have any skin in the game that really cares right. because I can guarantee you Molnar would not Brad Molnar, the sponsor of this bill. If he said, if, if he said, I will forfeit my right to use a crossbow. If we could pass this bill for the veterans and for the disabled, he would never ever do that because it's for him. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me the same question about, um, let's see, like preserving but if, if if the season stayed five weeks for forever for your kids, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting take. All right. So the next, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about is, okay, so we have these, and this isn't just about crossbows. Uh, this is about yeah. all bills that come to the table that, um, uh, would be negative. So like in Iowa, I just, like they literally want to, there, there's, if these certain bills passed, there'd be like 20,000 additional tags hit Iowa, um, potential for like 20 to 40,000 additional tags to, to hit Iowa, thus changing the landscape of what makes Iowa great. All right. You mean for non-residents? For non-residents, right. For money, revenue. Mo- yeah, revenue, money. money. Um, yeah. And the ability for a landowner to sell their tags to mm-hmm. whoever they want to. Okay. Yeah. Bad, bad news. Bad news. Yeah. No. Okay, so this is the conversation that I've been having with some of the other members of the Iowa Bow Hunters Association. Is mm-hmm. guys like us and our associations are always on the defense, right? We're always trying to kill a bill that is is then being, uh, you know, introduced and then reintroduced and then reintroduced. So we're fighting the exact same battle every single year with on a defensive stance. Yes, we may win the battle every time, but ultimately things are happening at a pace that is almost impossible to keep up with. Yeah. Okay? You got to get on the offensive. Exactly. And that is that that is what I'm proposing to the Iowa Bow Hunters Association because they have a lobbyist from my understanding and that I told these guys, listen, we need to be on the offensive for our rights 
and and put a potential moratorium on yep. when some of these, uh, I guess, bag limits, tag allocations, quotas, when some of those can be addressed. And and so like own the, you know like things like that can only be addressed every five or ten years or whatever, right? Yep. Uh, unless maybe the Department of uh, Wildlife or Natural Resources says otherwise. Are you guys? ever like have you guys had discussions about taking the offensive and getting yeah and and doing that stuff and what's that look like well i i, I feel that this time around we're gonna have to so so a crossbow bill has been introduced for the last it's been let's see 13 or 14 sessions so, right so almost almost 30 years this thing's every session something comes up sometimes they're dog shit sometimes they're they're effective like this one is like the biggest fight we've had right but yeah we've talked about it and it's like you know, our membership has a broad view of it, mm -hmm. right? It's it's like zero tolerance with crossbows. Some guys are like no crossbows whatsoever for anybody at any time. And some of us are like, you know, hearing some testimonies from some of these guys. If if there was a tightened restrictions on no scopes, I mean, on uh, uh, a crossbow with open sights, you're only, you know, you're limited. Right. You know, just, just like a compound bow, you're going to have to be skilled to, to fire off 50, 50 yard shots. Right. Um, you're still be able to belly crawl and that's movement and carry this little thing in the woods. But, but either way, you know, if there was a way to vet the folks that I got a shoulder injury, well, you, we're at the mercy of the doctor that decides he gets the, you know, if there was a committee that, that could see, oversee it and be like, no, you're not injured enough. Or, you know, that's temporary or um, you still have mobility in your other shoulder or whatever it may be. Um, one thing I want to touch on too, that I haven't spoke about <clears throat> is, you know what a draw lock is? Uh, oh, on a, you mean specifically on a crossbow? Nope. On a, on a, any bow, vertical bow, we'll call them. Okay. So there's a system that locks onto a compound recurve, whatever. And it, it's, it's a big uh, machined aluminum rod that comes out and, and you, you um you pull it back kind of like you would a crossbow and it locks into a release mechanism mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you can you can there's a release and you 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 just have to hold the bow and you can shoot it okay you know, draw the bow <clears throat> we have fwp can issue a permit to modify your archery equipment which is the ptma mae we call it to use a draw lock you got to get a permit to do it the doctor says yep you're you're you have no use of your shoulders you can use this this device. So that's kind of what MBA has been working on for a long time is, is one helping people um, educate people on that, that that's even available and two modifying it with our own money that we have, that we've, we raised through our fundraising functions mm -hmm. to modify it. If this guy's got a no hand, you know, Marlon, who's a, who's a board member in a, in a retired machinist, he's a whiz. He can make the thing so he the guy can hold the bow and shoot it, and he's he's done it. We've helped so many people literally shoot their first deer and elk with with a, a real bow or a vertical bow um, with a draw lock system. So the argument is, oh, it's cumbersome, it's hard, it's dangerous, and it's like, yeah, man, bow hunting's hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all hard. It's supposed to be hard. You know, that's why we do it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't pick up my stick bow cause it's easy. You yeah. know, I'm challenging myself. If you want to just harvest, 
get out there with the rifle during rifle season and harvest or your crossbow during rifle season. Mm -hmm. But if you want to experience bugling bulls in September, you, you can't really do it with a gun. You know, the gun season isn't open. So the argument to like, I want to be able to bow hunt when it's warm temperatures and the elk are bugling or the antelope are rutting, you know, that, that's, that's kind of been this guy's argument, you know, and yeah. we shouldn't shut veterans and disabled because, you know, they don't want to use this draw lock system on a bow. Well, shit, man, if you forced everyone to use a stick bow, no one, a lot of people wouldn't because they don't want to. You can't, you know, they're not going to do things that they feel that they can't do. Right. So, I don't know. I, I am, I'm all over the place with it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty firm with my belief that like, um, you know, in the, in the, in the hands of the right politician and the right sponsor, we can make a great bill that allows some folks to use a crossbow um, during a cert certain time in that archery season, not the five weeks, not everybody, mm -hmm. not build a construction worker that smashed his wrist a couple years ago. Right. Cause like, I don't know if you know who Remy Warren is. He's been hunting the last couple years with a mouth tab cause he's had a shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, he's killing elk and stuff with a mouth tab, one arm, bite the damn thing. And he shoots stuff with it. Like yeah. if, if you want it, If you want it, you're going to get it, you know? Yeah. If you really want it, you don't need it. You don't need the crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just having some empathy here for disabled people, um, I, I guess I would say that I can understand. I do too. Where some of these, where, you know, some of these individuals may be coming from now do i understand why the bill is being proposed by this gentleman no i don't mm -hmm. i don't understand that but i understand if there's a guy who can't walk or yep. he has some kind of major issue right mm -hmm. i look yep. at something like that and i say let the dude use a crossbow just let him yep. let, let him yep. but if <laughs> i'm me like a guy like me who yeah. is just is just lazy and just wants to go out and do the exact same thing but do it with a crossbow during the archery season? No thanks. I'll pass yeah. on that. Right? Yeah. Um if if it means maybe the youth season, uh, especially in Iowa, I think I think during the youth season you can use a crossbow. But then by the time the youth season's over, you're old enough to get out of the youth season, you're strong enough to pull back a compound bow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with a compound bow at this point. Right. Yeah. And, and, and take the next. Yeah. Step. But dad, yeah. But dad, dad, I, I, what about the cop? Dad, I want to use that crossbow. Remember you did the crossbow dad. Yeah. I don't want it. No, I'm not going. Well, you tough know, like, shit. I mean, that's what I, that's, there's no one saying tough shit. Yeah. No one's saying tough shit. Right. And I, I'm not saying tough shit to veterans or, or disabled folks who really have it bad, but, but not all, not all veterans are disabled. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, always going to be someone that that um, let's is slip. Take yeah, I, I get the point. They're they're. This is with all these types of bills. It's a yeah. foot in the door, and then yeah. they said, "Well, hey, we already got this passed. Let's just do this as yeah. well." And the yeah. next thing you know, <laughs> ten years from now, it's going to be claymore mines and hand grenades. You yeah. know, on during the archery season, or there's you can't take it. 
Yeah. You're not taking out. <laughs> right. That ain't. Right. But that's the thing I think people don't understand. I think that it, I think that we still have the power. And this is this is my optimistic approach on things like this. I think the hunters who hunt said state, whether that's Montana or Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, you know, wherever, we still have the power to yeah. unite. Yeah. Go and talk to the Department of Natural Resources. Go and talk to um, politicians who are on our side. Educate the right people, and yeah. and put the management of the natural resource back into the people and into the hands of the people who care about it the most. Not a business or uh, someone who's only interested in changing a rule or regulation for financial gain. Or right. not a politician who doesn't know shit about it. That's where right. the Department of Natural Resources comes in and says, listen, here's what science tells us. Here's what studies tell us. We expect if this happens, then this happens. Yeah. And yeah. so I just, the, the fact that a person can say, here's a bill, let's vote on it without any planning any research, anything like yeah. that is ludicrous to me. Yeah, totally, totally. So, yeah, and, and, it, and it goes back to any, all your listeners, like, just join your uh, state's bow hunting organization. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Don't, forget about the forget about the trad shit, the compound versus trad, because that happens in some of these groups. They want to splinter off. and Like, you, we got what we got. Right. Follow Pope and Young's rules as far as entering things into the book. Maybe take their take what their guidelines and, and, and join a group because they're the only ones that have, that have your back. Right. Right. You know, right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. You make a lot of good points here. Um, any final thoughts about what you're dealing with? Um, I know you kind of mentioned that some of the other issues like public land, you kind of, you, you don't really focus on that, but you work closely with, um, yeah. Uh, some of the other brands. So outside of that, any, any final thoughts about <sighs> some of the things that you guys are really fighting for or trying to accomplish in Montana? Man, I guess I would say um, just trying to bring everybody together, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think, like I said, there's, there's a, can be a divide with different types of equipment or, different mentalities of, of, you know, why we hunt and antlers and antlers. If, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, man, if we didn't, if, if elk and deer didn't have antlers or if they grew only to a certain, if all bucks grew to a certain number and it was small, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, it rules. It rules everything in Montana. I think about those big farms in Iowa that are, that are leased or bought and consolidated to make these big farms that produce produce um crops yep. but also produce giant bucks and that's the goal M magnify that by a hundred out here for these big huge cattle ranches that are getting bought up by these billionaire dudes who who are out-of-state residents who want the same thing that you're talking about they want they want a hundred permits so they can sell them or have their friends come and shoot huge bulls they want to be able to shoot huge bulls but you can't because you're a non-resident and this particular unit is a permit only draw and you can't get it so so I don't know where I'm going with this, but <clears throat> there's just so we're many fighting the same up. battles. 
I mean, yeah, we're yeah. fighting the same yeah. battles. Yeah. On different scales. And man, if they didn't have antlers, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. I love antlers, dude. I love, I love yeah. it. I love challenging myself. Um, but it just, it's just causes so much friction among people. You know, yeah. people do it for different, we all hunt for different reasons. Yeah. And, and, you know, bow hunting is an opportunity. It's, it's an experience. And, um, Let's see. Yeah, I I think that everyone does it for a different reason, but we 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 should especially each state needs to you need to stick together and fight the and pay attention to what's going on and yeah and be a part of it. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure that there's an opportunity here for Montana and Iowa, you know, or or any states bow hunters associate association to unite together or to work together. On yeah. a federal level, to you know, right. solve some of these issues, right, right. But but you know, yeah, yes. And it's all about education because you know damn well that folks in D.C. they don't they don't they don't hunt or they they, they don't, don't care. No. They don't care. No, New Jersey. You know, like some of these. Not to pick on New Jersey, but like some of these states were like it's urban. These folks are born and raised in an urban area, and de- deer are like you know. It's it's wild, man. Yeah. The, the 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 variety of of experiences and um, it's it's wild. But at least in Montana and Iowa, I feel is probably really similar. It's like we're good folks, man. And everyone's you know, everyone like I said, everyone knows someone here that hunts, yeah. a relative or they do. You know that we have a, a a a large hunting community here, and it's 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 not going anywhere anytime soon. But if you're not paying attention and you're not um, up to date. It can easily be taken away. Look at Washington State. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they're stuff taken away all the time. Let me ask you. Let me ask you <clears> this. And I, you talk. You said something about party lines, and I wanted to address this. And it may be unpopular, uh, <laughs> or even hard to answer the question. Yeah. But I feel like it needs to be discussed because here's here's an issue that I I find. I personally consider myself a conservative, uh, the way I vote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so that typically means Republican for, for most, for most things that I vote for. Now, the issue that I have is it's a Republican politician who is introducing the bills that I don't like Mm -hmm. and and introducing some of these wild game laws that you know that may ne- not necessarily fully support the natural resource, and so right. now now I'm here at the voting table, and I haven't even answered this question for myself yet. I'm in the booth, and I have to vote for somebody. What am I voting yep. for? Like right now, the nation is divided. The nation yep. is in turmoil. Do I vote to to? help my like vote on my passion for wildlife and things like that or do i vote for things like lower gas prices and lower grocery right. bills and and you know the everyday like my family because at the end of the day i look at hunting uh it, it, yeah i feel like there should be a right you should get have the right to hunt but at the same time when i compare hunting to the rest of my life i am putting the rest of my life before hunting, right? I'm putting my family uh, and th- and how I take care of them 
before mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I worry about hunting, right? That, that's yeah. just natural. Yeah. But my passion, because I can do that right now, my family's taken care of. Now, my passion is wildlife. It's the natural resource. It's bow hunting. Right. And yeah. so I can, I can do that. It's just, this is the frustration lies when you, when you have people vote party lines and it yep. doesn't necessarily, it's not a one-stop shop. Right. But I feel that if you communicate with these individuals, they will say, holy cow, the people that I represent, they're not fans of this or mm-hmm. they are fans of this. And, and it just, it comes down to communication, rallying the troops uh, and, and getting all of, all of the people, you know, as hunters to voice their opinion to the people who help make the decisions or introduce the bills. And I, I, I feel a uh, very optimistic that if, if you can organize, you can definitely change the tides. Yes, I agree with you. And, 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 um, um, you know, part of that's the two-party system. You got two choices. Yeah. Independents don't do shit. I, I vote for independence a lot of time because of principle and my beliefs, but I'm not I'm not doing any justice to either party doing that, right? You right. take votes away. And so <clears throat> we just have a, a shitty system and we're getting farther apart. And yep. those same issues in Montana are the kind of the same issues in Iowa. You're like, well, these Republicans are, what, what do you, what? I mean, they're for property private property rights and and able to utilize the the land and and but it's like man it just seems like they're they're catering to billionaires who are lining their pockets in these political elections you it's know? crazy man it's it's just a bummer but but again it all comes out to just even that guy that proposed that bill who you don't like the bill get talk to him and put a put a you know put something in his ear because that's all we can do. If you right. sit back, bitch, like what, what bothers me um, is when people bitch about what's going on and then they don't even vote. Right. I know it may not be important to you because you live in a red state and they're going to vote red anyways, or blue or whatever, but like, you've got to get out there and vote, man. Yeah. You got to talk to your politicians. It's, it's like, I've realized it as I get older, like, I mean, we're on the planet for a short time. At least we can try to like stir it up a little bit and be like, all right, dude, I don't know what I am. I'm, I'm, I hunt. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my redneck friends think I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a city kid and that my, my city friends think I'm a redneck. So like, I don't know what I am, <laughs> but, I, but I'm certainly not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. So like there's nobody representing us out there because we, we like the environment we like to hunt and we love guns. So like, there's no one for us. Right. 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 It's anyway, crazy. It's crazy. That's another podcast. We could. <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. But I, 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 dude, I want to talk deer. You know, if we ever do this again, um, I love your podcast. I love listening to it. I love hearing the stories, of the guys killing shit. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I work by myself. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. And, um, it's pretty fun. It's like I'm hunting year round. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate uh, the kind words there. Uh, Kevin, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on the podcast, voice your opinion. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that that's the picture. Oh, that's a stud, dude. That's a stud. He's showing me a picture. If you want to go see the picture, go to the YouTube channel of the Bucky shot in the snow in yeah. Montana with a trad bow. Yard, yard shot. 
How many yards? Anybody, anybody could have made that shot. How many yards? Ten. Ten. Okay. All right. Come on. Makes anybody me want to. Makes me want to go pick up a trad bow. Yeah. Kevin, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Dan. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Kevin for taking time out of his day, man. Really appreciate you. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Huge shout out to Tethered Wasp Vortex and Hunt Stand. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, let everybody know how badass this podcast is. Uh, visit me and follow me on Instagram. Uh, and if you want to be a, a a guest on the podcast, share some kick-ass stories, talk to us a little bit about how and where you hunt, and uh, just spread the good word. Hit me up on Instagram, man. So uh, again, it's all about the good vibes. So good vibes in, good vibes out. And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. We'll talk to you next week.